The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to It Came From The Radio, the official League of GabbleCon. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing for our 59th live Ooh. show, courtesy of the East Meadow Public Library in East Meadow, Long Island, New York. We have none other than L-Man, Jenny Feldy. Good evening. And we have uh, Fishy Sarcasm, Dominic Definition, Rano. <laughs> As I say before, yo to pay, everyone. <laughs> yo to pay. And we have our very special guest, who we're, going to, who we're going to be talking to with and about, which is awesome because she's here with us, which makes Yay! it so much easier, <laughs> actress and filmmaker Jerry Glennon. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Welcome. No, if Thank the you. guests weren't here with us and we talked <laughs> to them and about them, wouldn't that just be gossip? Yeah, it would be the yeah. gossip show. Completely yeah. different show. Okay. Makes just it more difficult. Well, it's what we do every week with the news, right? Yeah. So speaking of news, we have to Super take on. it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of Sci-Fi.Radio. That's Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, in which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 26 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention is scheduled for uh, December 17th. It's the Big Apple Christmas Con. And currently, tickets are on sale now. And right now, the headliner is Jim Steranko. Steranko. <laughs> I want to give our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are... Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yasmin Ray, and Rosa. You want to get your own little shout-out? Go to our website, www.camefromrio.com, and uh, for a dollar a month, you can get a shout-out on our show. Oh, I, I also want to mention that we have a, a question that was submitted through, um, through, the, uh-huh. through the website. Uh-huh. So let me. So you get a special question if you, uh, at, if you uh, put money for our Patreon. So Doug asks... <laughs> Do female superheroes have, quote, lady issues, unquote, like PMS and other things? <laughs> so, since, uh, thank you for the question there, Doug. So, <laughs> since we have two ladies, can you answer the question? Do lady superheroes have oh. female, do female superheroes have lady issues? That was the question. Jen, would you like to answer that question? Like superheroes in the comic books? Yeah, female superheroes in the comics and in, in, in pop culture entertainment, do they have lady I mean, listen, issues? All I can speak for is myself. I just went next door. You know, my family lives next door. So my stepbrother follows my stuff and he's following the Tara and the Tiger Babes movie I'm in. And I'm technically a superhero. I'm a human that turns into a tiger and I fight bad guys. It's very Josie and the Pussycat Scooby-Doo. So I'm just going to speak for myself. We are a third of the way through filming, a quarter. And I don't know yet. <laughs> I'll let you know in September uh, how that goes. All right. So, uh, Jerry, as a filmmaker, do you uh, make the characters have lady issues? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it adds to the uh, to the plot, yes. But if they have superheroes, I think they probably would choose not to have issues. 
<laughs> so right. I, I, I'm going to say uh, no, no. Dominic, do you do you want to try to answer this question? <laughs> I can, yeah, I can probably. I think right. you have a great answer. Actually. I can speak to this in a, in a realistic sense of the word. First as of a all, comic writer. As a comic book writer, um, I write slice of life comics about myself. But anyway, um, first of all, we know for a fact that Black Widow does not because she went through a hysterectomy, which was forced on her by the Red Room or whatever it was that they call it in uh, in Black Widow. So we know she does not. And that's the reason why they make you do it. Wow. Uh, so you don't have – so you, if you're in the middle of assassinating someone, you don't get horrible cramps and just, like, decide not to want to get out of bed that day. Like, you – the mission can always come first. Plus, there's the benefit of never being able to get pregnant, i.e. nothing can lure you away from your mission. You have nothing to love more than what you're doing. So we know she doesn't. As for other female superheroes, you can actually sort of look to Spider-Man as a way of thinking about this. Stanley always wanted to make it really real world, that he was worrying about real world things. And if, you know, Many times, like, he's fighting crime, but he's sick. He has vertigo. I remember that was one of the storylines. He would get sick. He'd have a cold, different things like that. So it goes to prove through that logic that female superheroes would have all the same issues as any normal woman would have and have to deal with it. Now, if there's, any, if there's anyone who could save the day and deal with feminine issues, that is female superheroes, and they probably wouldn't let it stop them to begin with. Wow, you raised the bar. I I'm told you would have a good answer. I'm going to lower the bar. I'm going to lower the bar. Okay, lower the bar. Be like, no, they don't. I'm going to say <laughs> there, was, um, there was a movie called Mystery Men, and it had yes. a character who was a PMS Avenger, and she only fought for four days out of the month. That's my answer. <laughs> well, that's just wrong. So let's start off with the sad. I, okay. I do. I do have an ex that uh, she was really only like normal five days out of the month. No, that's why she's like just normal in so terms that's... of attitude. Like it was either she was ramp- ramping up or ramping down five oh. days out of the month. She was lovely. So let's start <laughs> off with the sad. That's why she's an ex. <laughs> uh, sad news. First bit of sad news. Actor and director William Martin. Gluager, G-L-U-A-G-E-R, better known as Clue Gluager, died recently from natural causes. While appearing in a slew of films and TV shows from over his 63-year career, such as <gasps> The Killer, Sullivan Empire's Last Picture Show, Glass Horde, Call to Danger, Smile Jenny, You're Dead, Houston, We've Got a Problem, Kenny Rogers as the Gambler, Living Proof, The Hank Williams Story, uh, Chattanooga Choo Choo, The Return of the Living Dead, and Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, Bridge Across Time, Summer Heat, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, Teen Vamp, Uninvited, The Line of Duty, The Ambush in Waco, Piranha 3 Double D, I love that movie, uh, Children of the Corn, Runaway, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Wagon Train, The Tall Man, and The Mackenzie's of Paradise Rose, just to name a few. I, mean Mark, most remember him as the bartender in the theme in the Feast film series, Part One, or Part Two, Sloppy Seconds, and Part Three, The Happy Finish, which came out in the early 2000s. Uh, he was 93. Uh, Jenny, are you uh, familiar with uh, his work? Horror, you're a horror person, right? Uh, no, I just act in horror movies. I'm not. I don't really know that much about a lot. But I, I like happy films to watch. Okay. Yeah, uh, J- you know, I just like to shoot them. They're yeah, funny. no, I'm not familiar with them either. Dominic, he's what we call on the show a that guy actor. actor yes, because <laughs> I'm I'm looking like particularly a that guy actor from the 80s and 90s 
because I see like he was in Kung Fu Electric Continues. I loved watching that show when I was a kid. Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, Walker, Texas Ranger. These are all shows I watched when I was younger. So I've definitely seen him, but I couldn't pick him out of a lineup if I had to. All right, fair enough. So let's move on for some more sad news. Actor and director Earl, uh, Roger Earl Mosley, also died recently from injuries sustained from a car crash, which left him paralyzed from the shoulders down just three days prior. While appearing in such films and TV shows as The Max Sweet Jesus, Preacher Man, Stay Hungry, Semi-Tough, Attica, Unlawful Entry, A, line be- a Thin Line Between and Love and Hate, I Know Why the Catesburg Sings, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Root Awakening, and The New Pagan P.I., just to name a few, Roger was perhaps but Roger was perhaps best known as T.C. Calvin in 158 episodes of the original Magnum P.I. series, which ran from CBS from 1980s to 1988. He was the pilot of the helicopter in the show. Oh, okay. uh, were you familiar with uh, Magnum P.I. there, Jerry? Magnum P.I., yes. I used to watch it all the time. So, it. Uh, so he was the pilot of the, of the show. Right. Okay. So he'd be in the, the opening credits. Yes, yes. That was, yeah, that was him. Yeah. Uh, Dominic? I currently have the theme song playing through my head now. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I can see the helicopter flying. Da, 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 da. I have it going. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Appreciate you. Should, should I ask if you were a fan of Magnum P.I., Jen? Oh. Okay, well, just keep it moving. Uh, he was, I think uh, from now on, you have not, to ask her. Uh, getting in car crashes because I always think of this. You get in some accident, and then your life just so enjoy all the time where you're healthy because you just never know what's going to happen. That's true. So he was 83. You need to so, start asking her what she has watched. <laughs> Sometimes like she surprises me. Sometimes she surprises me. Um, so you, you know, I love certain things. So I watch them over and over and then I don't get exposed to new things, you know? There you go. I'm so loyal. For, for the last bit of sad news, um, actress and singer Dame Olivia Newton-John died recently of cancer. While appearing in numerous films and singing many award-winning songs, Olivia is perhaps best known as the female lead, Sandy Olsen, in the feature film Grease way back in 1978, which was originated in Broadway by friend of the show and amazingly talented singer in her own right, Carol Demas, from the Magic Garden, who we're friends with. Um, of note, Olivia was diagnosed with breast cancer in 1992. It came back in 2013, and it came back again in 2017. And it had spread to her bones and progressed to stage four. In 2019, Olivia became a dame, which is the female equivalent of, a, of being knighted by the Queen of England, joining the likes of Angelina Jolie, Joan Collins, Heron Marilyn, uh, Judy Dench, Elizabeth Taylor, Julie Andrews, and Angela Lansbury, just to name a few. She was 73. Um, if you were born a certain time, you know Greece. Um, yeah. I think you're the youngest, Jen. Were you also familiar with Greece? <laughs> Yeah, I was familiar. I definitely watched it a few times, and, you know, she was great. Yeah, super sad. She was super great. Yeah. What about you, uh, Jerry? You're a fan oh, of uh, yeah. Olivia? Oh, yeah. I remember, I mean, um, when Greece came out, it was a huge thing. And where I live in, where I live in Ireland, um, in, in Tipperary, there was a big cinema in another county in Limerick. And I remember one night, like, a whole busload of us got went especially into Sea Greece, and it was, like, the biggest thrill. And I mean, she was an icon and amazing, and the the, the music and everything she she stood for, and yeah. it was and it's just so you know she's one of those people that you'll remember where you where you were when you heard she passed, you know she yeah. just had she has such a strong effect on everyone and it's really really sad. I just couldn't believe it when I read it yesterday. I saw it. I'm like, oh no. Yeah, it's crazy. Dominic yeah. fan, not a fan. I mean, who didn't see Greece? Yeah, it's the word. <laughs> So uh, she was 73. 
So uh, as a jumping on what Jen said about car crashes uh, from the not dead yet news. So that's not sad news. It's not great news, but it's not dead yet news. Actress Anne Heche is in extremely critical condition following yeah. uh, an accident after her car drove into a house and then burst into flames. Uh, doctor says she has a significant pulmonary injury requiring mechanical ventilation and burns that require surgical intervention. She is in a coma and has not regained consciousness since shortly after the accident. Firefighter says... 59 firefighters took 65 minutes to access, confine, and fully extinguish the stubborn flames within the heavily damaged structure and rescue one female adult found within the vehicle who has been taken to an area hospital by LA FD paramedics in critical condition. So uh, hopefully she recovers and it won't be sad news, but uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How did this happen? Well, um, they uh, are looking. They are looking into it. They are uh, tasting the blood. So we'll yeah. find out uh, in time to tell us. But this just happened. So let's let's wait and see. We'll just did, wait and see. Yeah. Did you see the video of the car? Like the, I have some, not. Oh, it was some. You know the way every house now has that camera door. Yeah. Camera. So someone it was captured, and you just see. I mean, she was going like a rocket down the street, and next thing you just hear it's it's again. Wow. And then they, they they had her on the stretcher. Like she's she's covered in in burns and this is I think this was on extra last night I saw it and she's coming out there you can see the stretcher but they have her completely covered and out of nowhere she sits up oh. and and go, wow. yeah and it's like but then I heard today like she is in a coma and critical so it's wow oh, it's yeah. crazy yeah, yeah I mean there is a possibility um, I'm reading up on this as we're talking about it that she might have been drunk. Yeah, like I uh, said, there's when they're testing they the blood. Have to wait, they have to wait till the results yeah. come in before yeah, the, anything happens. There was Apparently, a pic- she was going 90 miles an hour. Yeah, and there was a picture taken where you see a bottle with a red cap, and they're assuming it was a a, a vodka bottle. But that's crazy. Yeah. So that's it for the sad and almost sad news. Let's go on to the regular news. From the it's so crazy, it must be true follow up department. According to Vermont State Police, actor oh, Ezra Miller has been charged with felony burglary. Police says <clears throat> initial findings indicate that several bottles of alcohol were taken from within the residence while the homeowners were not present. As a result of an investigation that included surveillance videos and statements, probable cause was found to charge Ezra Miller with the offense of felony burglary into an unoccupied dwelling. Police located Ezra, and a citation to appear in court was issued for September 26. Those of you not paying attention, Ezra has been in a lot of trouble recently as multiple restraining orders have been put out against him in addition to a slew of other things mentioned on our early episodes of our show. He got a big bag of money. Why does he need to steal some liquor? Exactly. exactly. Why, is, why is he doing any of these things that he's been doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why? And none of this is none of this is necessary. I can see like stealing from the grocery store. Someone got arrested. You have to feed your family. I get it, but this. Yeah. But they didn't even arrest him. They just gave him a citation. You got to show up to court on the twenty sixth. Like, it's it's this so mind boggling. And I keep on saying this. I hate to be a Warner Brothers executive at this point in time because I'm like, oh man, what oh, are yeah. we gonna do? Ugh. And apparently you know they still can't find the like, mom and kids. I'm looking at his face right now, and he kind of reminds me of someone who 
I feel like is going to get arrested soon. I was just talking about some crazy person. Well, he has been arrested in the past for other things. So Yeah, but his face is like someone I know now who I think oh, wow. is going to get arrested soon. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. It's like, it's like the face, the energy is so similar to someone I know that is I think is going down a bad path. So that's just my prediction for someone else. And when it happens, so, I'll spill the beans who it is. Here's a question. Right. Like, do they even know if he's still in Vermont at this point? Well, he the police of Vermont issued him the citation, so they, he must have been in Vermont when they issued it to him. And uh, then, do they actually give it to him? To, well, I would think if you if you get issued a citation, that's your problem. You get us. You assume things too much. <laughs> you constantly. Know, like, you think they just put it on the door? No. They just put it on the door and left it for him, and then they they went home. Because look, why? If this was the case, if they. Why? Why isn't he actually arrested and in handcuffs then? Because maybe it wasn't that much money that was taken. The value of the liquor wasn't that much. I don't know. I just remember when I was working at Blockbuster, to actually be thrown in jail, you had to do a four thousand dollars worth of a of theft. So if they stole one or two videotapes, they just got a citation. But they had still four thousand dollars worth of merchandise to get handcuffed and put in jail. That's what I remember. So it's mm. so yeah. Uh, All right. So this is on the show. I'm dying to talk to him. He seems like such a piece of work. I just want to mess with him, f with him so bad. So I wonder bad. if he's I got. I mean, look, he's obviously got mental issues, but I wonder if somehow he just went off his medication at I, some point. Like if he's manic or depressive or, or yeah, possessed. That could be it. I just wrote a so, short film from three a.m. to six a.m. on someone possessed by the devil, and this guy, this guy's it. This guy could play him. So, Holy crap. This is so we're gonna move on because this this bit of news item is really good and it's gonna okay. take me you know, a few minutes to explain it. I can't wait. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna use the rest of the time. This is gonna be I exciting. From the Jen was pretty close department. Wow. In a previous episode of our show, our very own L Man Jenny Feldy had mentioned how a comic grading scam of sorts could possibly happen with people putting covers of one comic book over a book and have it graded and being encased mm-hmm. in a clear plastic container. Mm-hmm. Therefore, people not really being sure of what they were buying unless you opened a sealed case. Turns out that during C2E2, uh, Chicago's biggest convention, uh, the comic book store Black Flag Comics, who at some time last year commissioned an exclusive retail variant by artist uh, Clayton Crane for the ultimate fall issue number four facsimile that Marvel put out last year reprinting the first appearance of Miles Morales from 2011. So they commissioned a new reprint with a different cover for their store only, all right? Now, from what I understand, a comic book store can get uh, this happen by contacting Marvel or DC and ordering a minimum of 3,000 copies. They pay a wholesale price plus the cost, and they can sell it for their promotional purposes. So if we, it came from radio, want to make an exclusive uh, Jenny Feldy cover of uh, Spider-Man number one, we pay for the book. We make the cover. They'll make it for us. Everybody's happy. All right. Now, mm-hmm. what can't be done, which Marvel has already stated they, they did not authorize, is that the exclusive book cannot be altered in any way, shape, or form and resold as a new variant. Apparently, this is exactly what Black Flag Comics has done by taking an acetate cover and adding it to their original book and then getting it CGC graded with a grading as high as a perfect 10 and selling it as a con exclusive for initially $85. And then while people were waiting on the line to buy the book, 
raise it to $100 with a limit what? of two. The issue here is that people are buying a CGC-graded book that by all accounts, it is not an official variant cover and has been altered. And the original grade of the cover must have been damaged by having a new cover stapled onto it. Before Marvel announced that the book was unauthorized, CGC said, we are aware of the situation and we are standing by our grading. Only to follow up a day later after Marvel announced it with, <clears throat> with an explanation of our thought process behind the grading assessment. We treated them as we would with any other variant cover that has been attached with an extra set of staples that the book was printed. At the time, these books included the original cover as well. There was precedent for acetate covers being attached to printed books and then graded by CDC. An acetate variant cover that was attached with an extra set of staples to which CDC assigned a universal grade and a notation of acetate cover on the label. The extra set of staples were part of the manufacturing process of the attaching acetate cover and not considered a defect. CBCS, which is CDC's main competitor, says if a book has an acetate cover attached to it with staples, it will receive based on the grade of the book if the acetate cover were removed. In this scenario, the book would probably be topping out around a 7.0 because the additional holes created in the book by the staples. The attached cover and the additional staples will be noted at the bottom of the label. This, of course, is only if the book was a manufactured variant, not an actual variant produced by the original publisher. So, in short, some guy ordered a variant cover. Mm -hmm. They went out and bought an acetate and put on an acetate over the cover themselves and said mm. this is the new variant. Put it in a CGC, got it graded, therefore legitimizing this variant as an official variant. But Marvel says it was not, and people are going crazy over the situation. So, Jen, you're pretty darn yes. close. Something like yeah. this is going to happen. Hey, I, I know schemers. I know <laughs> schemers. I know a lot of them. I worked with a lot of them. And I've been approached a lot of them. And I know schemers. So, Dominic, as a comic book guy, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, it's a really f fancy way of saying they made a forgery. Right. Yeah, they forged, basically, it's, it's no different than forging art well, in a certain respect. Well, it's actually different because they're putting something on top of something that's pre-existing. So it's not even that they're faking it. They put a, they slapped a different cover. Yeah, well, on people forge art like that. They take yeah. old canvases and repaint on top of them. Mm. Point being, they, they forged it. So they made a forgery. What it really does is makes um, the, the grading look stupid. They were like, this is but your the job. the grading guys is standing by it. That's the weird thing, even Cause, though. Because they don't want to lose face. That's why. But how can you stand by something that Marvel itself said Does this it exist? is not an official yeah. variant? Because mm. it, it's better to deny until you can't deny any further. Right. It, it's, it's a huge problem within the art market. Some people have estimated that 50% of what's out there of like large art pieces are all forgeries. And no one wants to cop to it ah. or admit it because it would destroy the entire market. And therefore, this inflated market, which people are basically using art as currency to pay God knows what kind of debts, whether legitimate or illegal, i.e., you know, drug uh, debt, things like that. Of, you know, I could pay you forty million dollars for like these co these kilos of cocaine, or here have a Renoir, you know. So, it's it's finally kind of coming into comics. 
comics have gotten big enough now because of the movies and all the media attention that these things are now going to be traded as commodities and currency. So people well are said. figuring out that they can they can forge it. Jerry, you have any two thoughts on this? No, I just I agree with Dominic. It's like forgery and it's it's a shame it's happening and it's able to happen, you know. It's, you know, it's like it's like everything else. It, it, you heard about Hamilton being um staged. I forget where it is, but like they they went and staged Hamilton and now there's a whole big thing about that. They've been well never gave permission for it to be staged and there was some controversy. Oh yeah, just it, this was on the news again uh, today, and it's just like people think they can just do this stuff, and it's you know, Wait, it's, it's frustrating. It uh, I, I think it was a, a, a church somewhere. Oh. I'm, I'm not sure where it was, Jen, but it was, it was an unauthorized, unauthorized, production. and I think they took liberties as wow. well with the wow. script, and yeah, it, it was brought to the attention of Lin Manuel, and he, I think he has since made a statement on Twitter about it. But again, where do people get off doing that? You know, well, I guess like Shakespeare, right? People put on Shakespeare. Is it like that? Yeah. Yeah, but he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and it's public domain. Yeah, like, it's like public domain. Time. And and, and yeah. they 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 claimed they got permission. They claimed they were like, and he's like, oh. no, no, you did not. No, you did not. Wow, so that was that's, that's crazy. That's yeah. that's crazy. So so, so Jen, do you have any other scams that we should know about that's going to happen down the line? Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, the comedy club is kind of a racket. I have nothing against comedy club owners, and we're always people have still jokes clubs. all the time. That's been you know, going on for years. I would say, I would say, a lot of comedians are scamming themselves if they haven't been hip to. This is really people scamming themselves or se- selling themselves short because they they get so focused on getting in with certain comedy club people. But the truth is, nowadays, especially in the last two years, it's um, you know, you're really scamming yourself if you don't do your own media, because you can do your own shows, your own productions, and I guess the old systems. I I think I'd say you scamming yourself if you haven't gotten hip to the new paradigms of living, and the world is shifting very fast, so you're going to scam yourself if you don't get on board. So my thought on this is I think it's going to change how the industry works slightly if it does make enough waves, but the Mm -hmm. fact that there are people going out there crazy to buy this book, and then with the intent to resell it was the whole problem in the first place. So if they didn't have that issue, we well, wouldn't be talking about this right now. That's where you got the nineties uh, bubble the, the that happened. Boom, yeah. The comic home shopping bubble. network. Everything's worth going to be a worth being able to put your kids through college. That was what yeah, we were talking about. That, that's why you have, and I, I don't know if we were talking about this recently. I remember having this conversation with someone recently about, you know, the death of Superman. Yep. Four million of them sold. Everyone thought it was going to be worth something. It's like it's not worth anything because there's four million of them. It's only going to be mm-hmm. worth something if you get buy three million nine hundred ninety nine thousand of them and destroy burn them, them. Right. burn them all. Then you got something that's worth something. Rarity is what makes things worth it. So you're gonna, you're, we're almost coming to that point again. I think people are financially freaking out so much that they're looking to buy weird assets without knowing what they're doing you know i mean they need to talk to mark carbar uh uh right uh from the the big Big on mike right um he he can tell you because like like, that's his that's his game yeah but no and in reality like don't ever buy a comic book thinking it's ever going to go up in value Mm. truth be told like that's the collector's market 
it right. doesn't, you know, very few things ever go up in value. Don't think that comic books are going to be assets that you're going to be able to trade at some point. Buy them because you enjoy reading the stories, and that's it. So with that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with the Canfin Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. This is the amazing question. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to uh, Came From Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con, and our 59th live show, courtesy of the East Meadow Public Library, located in East Meadows, Long Island, New York, where they have tons and tons of uh, free programming, uh, both online, virtual, <laughs> and as well as in person. I am here with none other than L-Man Jenny Feldy. Good evening, everyone. We have Dominic Definition Mass Ronald. Hello. And we have our special guest, we're going to, Huey, who we're going to be talking to <laughs> with and about is filmmaker Jerry Clement. Hi, everybody. So, Jerry, we've, I've known you for a while. Um, I'll say a couple of years. Yeah. Two pandemics, so at least five. <laughs> easily, easily five, yeah. yeah. So you were a filmmaker and you had plenty of stories and you've done so much back then. What have you been doing since then to now? So tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, well. Thank you, Jen. Um, yeah, I I, um, I did primarily a lot of theater, and I worked at uh, did a lot of shows at Manhattan Repertory Theater. And uh, Jen Piero, co-founder, is on with us right now, and she's also my business partner. We have a production company called Girlfriend Style Productions, and basically we did a lot of plays together. And then uh, me and Jen got cast in a year-long production of a play and it was we did it every once a month for a weekend for a year and proceeds went to the lgbt community and it was an amazing play and um me and jen obviously um were very close and we just came up with the idea of we can write our own stuff so we had an idea for a film called switch and both me and Jen got together, wrote it, directed it, produced it, and we did it. And we're something we're very, very proud of. And it has been in the film circuits for a while, has won a few awards. And we have right now currently another script in the works called Opposites. So um, I'm also right now working on a, next week, I'm going to be shooting a film called The Graveyard Medium. And that is written and directed by Maria Philippone. And um, uh, Really excited about that one coming up next week. We're shooting that. Cool. Yeah. How difficult is it to do it on your own? Because they always say, oh, you know, I want to make a movie. Well, go ahead yeah. and do it. And so yeah. is it as easy or is it as difficult as you think it is? You know, I, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a juggling act. But I always say um, dream teamwork makes the dream work. So yes. me, me and Jen... Uh, have worked together we worked together a year long so we we had a really strong bond straight away so we knew each other's uh, uh how we worked together you know separately and then for our team um I worked with um we had my cameraman was uh, uh Daniel O'Donnell and Josh Groban um was I worked with them before on other productions so I knew if I could get Dan and Josh on board we had something 
special. And that's exactly what happened. Me and Jen location, we used Jen's apartment. Um, we, you know, you, 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 you find a budget that works for you and you make it happen. And that's what we did, but it is, it is, but it's, it's exciting. And then to see the finished product, there's just nothing like it when you do, like I said, I was, I've been doing it for years and I've been doing other people's work. And I was like, I have my own story to tell. I have, you know, so that's where that came from. So it, 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 it is, it is work, but it's the best kind. And, uh, you know, we love what we did. So. Jen, you got a question? Yeah. Um, memorizing lines. <laughs> um, I mean, like <laughs> tips on memorizing lines and I mean, this won't apply to everyone if you're not an actor, but I guess if you have to give any kind of speech or even if you have to have a confrontation with a loved one, sometimes people rehearse that. Do you have any tips or what do you do to memorize lines? I have my own systems that I've yeah. invented. Well, um, I, I love to, like, when you get a script, and especially if it's one, like this particular script that I'm working on next week, like, I love this script, and there's, like, five characters, and I interact with, with four of them, and um, so I try to learn, just not learn it verbatim until I get to rehearse, and then when you hear the voices back, then it's easier to learn and to make it your own, but um, I, I need to hear it back. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll get um, my son used to be my line reader or, um, you know, I'll record it and just hear it back. So it's just a matter of. Oh. So when you record it, so this is what I do. I record all of my lines. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I record the other people. And I just listen to it like a song over yes. and over like a yeah. day or two. Do you do that? Yes. Do you listen to sometimes, it? Sometimes, sometimes. Or, or what I do, too, is what works more for me is um, I write out the the scene I I get yeah especially especially when I'm doing theater when I you know when I was doing shows in Manhattan Rep and I'd be on the train I lived out in Belmore about an hour's drive and every time I've written my own stuff as well so it's a little easier when it's my own stuff I'm learning memorizing but without fail on the train I will write out my lines oh interesting so the writing helps you the writing yeah and then it's here so that helps me more than the recording but both work both work but I always and if I didn't write it out, you know, it's like half, that's my, my oh, yeah. thing to do. Yeah. That's a great tip. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Dominic, you got a question? Well, we know for a fact that you can make a movie for $50,000 because that's how Kevin Smith did clerks <laughs> on uh, credit cards. Um, but I can only assume that it's actually less expensive now to do an independent film since yeah. almost everyone basically has a camera. Yeah, like I can film. Like I don't advocate nor know anything to tell people to make your your movie based off of your cell phone and filming it that way. But certainly, it's gotten to a point where technology you can buy inexpensive cameras or use your phone, and now you have drones that you could use. And yeah. I just saw this thing um, this morning scrolling through my Instagram of an I don't know how much it costs, but like an inexpensive boom camera that you can use your own smartphone to make it pan and come in and come out. So Mm -hmm. I suppose, and I don't know if I have a question per se, is as would you agree that now it's, it's as easy as it's ever going to get to make an independent film? Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying, but also besides, besides all that, that wasn't me. Who did that? (laughs) 
besides all that, you you need to trust the person behind the equipment. You could have mm. the best equipment in the world or the cheapest, but if you yeah. don't have someone who knows what they're doing mm-hmm. or is passionate about what they're doing, like when me and Jen did the switch, there was four of us on that team and each and every one of us was as passionate as the, as the other behind in front, off camera, on camera. And that's, that's where the magic happens. So that's the key is to surround yourself with with a good team, with people who know what they're doing and love what they're doing, you know. So, but yeah, a lot of people, you can't, you're right, you can get a camera and just like. Well, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to be good. Exactly. Just, in terms of the production yes. of a movie, yeah. it's now it's like, so as Mark had said, like, well, go make your own movie. People say just go. Well, now right. is a time where you could just make your own movie if you feel yeah. And the yeah. best will rise to the top and the worst will just be, you know, yeah. laugh at on YouTube. Yeah. But I, I, su- <laughs> I suppose, like, people have asked me over the years, how do you get into comics? And it's like, well, just start making a comic. Right. Like, you don't necessarily need to have, yeah. like, uh, um, the greatest stuff to do it. Yeah. We live in the, in the most democratic um, form of what's the word uh, exposure there is with the internet it's free to have a youtube channel so if you want to make yeah. films and i'm not saying you know like but if you want to get in the door to make films you have a phone you have a piece of paper you write out a script you start filming to some degree yeah um and then from there you can hopefully be found and work your way up my whole thing i'd say would be the hardest thing would be as a producer trying to find people to finance a movie now yeah, that that I'm really curious. Like, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. How do you convince people to give you money to make something? Yeah, yeah. I'm that. asking both for myself and for people I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's hard. We 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 submitted into festivals, so we 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 funded it ourselves, and we submitted it into festivals. And you network at festivals, and you're just hoping to meet the right person. But that is a hard one. And you have people that do the GoFundMe pages, or mm-hmm. you know, for a credit on the on 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 the credits um but uh, but with a short two um that's what it is it's a short and like i said we just want to get it out there for more interest you know um i did a with uh another friend of mine mike farraher i did um we did two short films and mclean avenue has been one of them and it's it's a pilot and we have 10 episodes ready to go but like you said it's getting the right person to want to do it with us and finance it that it is that is a hard thing like i currently feel i'm watching it like an episode of cribs because i'm clearly seeing everything that's got that like jen's place now more than i've ever seen before <laughs> yeah the lights are on sorry my dog is here so she keeps moving and i want to stay uh, near her <laughs> i have not seen this much of you of your place ever in all the, in all the 59 59- i don't think i have how many shows have we done, Mark, via virtual distancing at this point? What about thirty? You would say twenty between twenty and thirty. Oh, you mean these in this, types? In, uh, yeah, I think this, this is twenty yeah. seventh one virtual. Right. Okay, yeah. So in the twenty seven virtual live shows we've done, this is the most I've. I feel like I've almost now been to Jen's place. <laughs> you can blame Feldy because she's I, injured and I haven't seen her, and I really want to see her. So wherever she goes, I'm following the dog. Ah. He so much. Like, yeah. Is that will, a bike in the background? She... What is that? What's that? What is that a bike in the background? Oh, yeah. It's an elliptical. It's an elliptical <laughs> that's stationary. It goes inside and outside 
awesome. Hey, like I'm getting a virtual tour. For, you know, like I'm always in the same location. You ain't going to see much more than this than a drafting board. But wow, if I seen... wasn't here, I would go. be in one place. But yeah, I got one hour to hang out with the dog, and then she's got to go. So I'm like, how hooking up every minute? Jen, how old is the dog? She's nine. She she actually got stung by a bee, like Amber oh, Heard no. said. Your dog tore <laughs> ACL, and oh. she's just been limping. And like my parents oh, have been no. crying and staying up late because she's when dogs die, a lot of times they cry and they go off to themselves. And she's been doing that. Oh so no! I'm just like I'm at work all day, so I don't I I barely see her. So it's like whatever I can. I bring yeah, her yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So that's why I'm walking around a lot. I know. Uh, if you're watching, radio will have no this. idea. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about Go to, say, to the YouTube page. Yeah, you get, this is why you got to watch the live show. <laughs> right. There's a big white dog with me. Yep. So you're missing it all, man, if you're just listening to the show. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, Jerry, when you're directing yourself, do you, are you more critical or less critical of your performance when you're acting against somebody? Um, I guess I'm a little bit more, you know, and you're kind of um, like, I do know what I what I want to get out and uh I do again I would trust like Dan who was behind the camera you know I would trust people around me too to say yeah that was good or that wasn't but yeah you you, you are always more critical and like want to make sure it it lands it make sure Mm -hmm. it works you know that is a how does one direct themselves yeah well like I said, I we wrote this particular switch. We wrote ourselves, and um, so I knew this person, this character, extremely well. And I knew um, you you do the background work and the backstory of your character. So I knew what I wanted to get across, and it was a, a two character piece in two locations. So it was it was there wasn't a lot of you know have to be here there and everywhere. So it was actually. Um, not easy, but it was it was a nice it was a nice um, transition into directing myself. It, it it worked, and Jen as well. Like we bounced off each other, so Jen would say, "Yeah, do this this way," or I was, you know. But um, because I knew this character so well, because I wrote her, I kind of knew exactly what I wanted to get across, and hopefully, I did. You know, you gotta know what you want. That's that's the first yeah. thing. Some people don't have that. Yeah, yeah, you have to know what you're end goal is what you want to get across your backstory I love the backstory that nobody will know but it's internal and therefore that hat that will come out if it's you know if you have a backstory but if you go in with nothing you're like you know you have to you have to connect with who you're playing there has to be a connection you know so you don't just show up and read the lines and that's it no, 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 no. <laughs> now, you, you can show up and read the lines. It's just going to sound like, hello, how are you? Yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, just wooden. Yeah. No. question from the audience. <clears throat> what is your inspiration for becoming a director? First of all, why am I, I'm not even the host of the show. Why am I reading that? <laughs> I didn't know that happened, but okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> Don't you have the chat open? This is your show. I just tagged along. The, the time and the camera and the news and the sound. That's what I have on my screen. Yeah, Mark doesn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, it's all on one screen. So Dominic doesn't. Actually, it's Mark's one, two, guy. three. There's five screens I have open right now. Yeah, wow. Open. You still have one screen. It's literally the chat. It's right next to everyone else. It's over here. Just have it open. So we have a question from the chat. Dominic, would you like to read the question from the chat? I just did. 
What is your inspiration for becoming a director? Oh, great question. Um, <laughs> who, who, who sent that? Uh, A.H. Harold 53. He's well, uh, watching. Okay, thank you so much. Um, again, it's, I'm, I'm an actress first and foremost. I've been acting for years, and I, I, I love telling stories. So I just wanted to get my story out. So that was it. I, if I didn't do it, I, I wanted it to get done. So again, I'm full, fully uh, believe in do what you love and love what you do. And that's what I did. And that's what inspired me to direct it was to get this story, this particular story out there. So can you tell us a little bit about the differences of being a stage actress to being an actor in a film? I was okay. asked the same thing. Well, on stage, it's it's live, and there's there's nothing quite like that because when you go out on stage, and I've written a couple of I've written a couple of my own stuff as well. I've written a couple of two one woman shows. One I did in just gone by in November, and um, to be on that stage by myself and to draw people into my story is amazing. It's an amazing feeling, and you know instantly. You know instantly if you have them or not. And um, so I love that. I love that. And you get you get the feedback. Film, again, like you said, you, you stop and you start and you stop and you start and you're taking it from this angle, from that angle. So it's the editing of a film. That's where the magic happens, too, and where you're like, OK, this worked. But on stage, you know instantly um, what's working and what's not. And, that, and the excitement of that is amazing. I love I love being on stage. I've been on stage for years. I love it. Jen, you got a question? If you weren't acting, directing, if, you, if film and plays didn't exist. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you have to pick. You have to pick. <laughs> well, I also, I also, te- all, growing up all my life, I mean, and it's cliche. I knew I wanted to be an actress from a very early age, but I also love uh, working with children. So wow. my other job is I teach pre-K and nursery school. So that I, that's right up there. I love working with children. So, but, but also that plays into acting too, because I'm always goofing around story time, story telling stories. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's that's it. Do you I make the kids work for a free cheap labor and uh, get them to do crafts and stuff for your production background? No, 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 no. <laughs> good idea though. Yeah, I mean they they do. Child it. labor is not a great idea. Yeah, it is. Well, you saw you saw I do what <laughs> called, called story time with Lucy, where I um over the summer I. I ask um, some of my kids on Facebook um, if they want to read a story with me. I have a puppet, Lucy, and uh, that has evolved into something very special. And that's up on my Facebook page. And again, I go to their house and they have a book that they want to read to me and Lucy. And we record it. And it's amazing. Mark, I think you saw one of them. I'm not sure if you did, but um, I love doing that, too. And and I down the line, I would love to incorporate like I have it in my head for years to to. produce a children's tv show and years and years and years ago i mean i am um, i i sent my resume and headshot to sesame street because that's my dream i would love to work on sesame street and i they were they sent me back a postcard saying uh right now we're not you know except but th- and i'm like at least they responded but i would love to combine the two eventually as well i really would well, you know what? They're very big on uh, promoting the vaccine. So if you get behind that, maybe they'll hire you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Think about it. But yeah. as far as I understand, they kind of uh, pushed away a lot of the uh, 
in-person actors in favor of the the more puppet characters so yeah yeah i haven't like i watched sesame street i grew up on sesame street years and years ago my kids grew up on sesame street so i haven't watched it in a long long time but like in the 80s i i wanted right. to be wanted to be on sesame street so bad but i would i have ideas to to produce a children's tv show and be in so it. you want to be the next sesame street right you want to do your own thing <laughs> yeah i would love to i i would love to that that's a what's so funny about that i see donnie laughing that's what you want to do you want you don't want to be you want to be the next best thing yeah i would love to do something with with that but the funny is that you had like you want to be the next sesame street there's been like 20 other things that have come out since sesame street (laughs) it's not that she's gonna be the next sesame street she's just would be the next great children's television show ah like blues clues or um like blues clues that, uh, or, yeah there's or, a lot there's a lot but i mean sesame street the is... wiggles or teletubbies or any oh, no. of these things no. that you know that have come wait since. wait she doesn't like yeah. one wait the teletubbies <laughs> sorry no offense i'm not saying you gotta be but they yeah. all no 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 after yeah but i mean sesame street is the bar so, you know right. the, what they have done and what they're continuing to do um and promoting so much awareness of so much it's like, like one could argue reading rainbow was the next sesame street yeah you know, like yeah 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 what about you... poppy circle or poppy place instead of sesame street poppy <laughs> seed place <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> would you consider that as a teacher you're a character what's that would you consider yourself a character as being a teacher um maybe maybe i mean i would i would love to do um where the kids are the focus you know like the story time with lucy i would love to develop that even more no what i'm saying is that since you are a teacher right now would you consider yourself as that being a character when you go to work no 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 uh no i mean it's it's no I'm not a character it's I am who I am when I walk into that classroom but I do have a lot of fun and I I do get to uh to play which is you know what we do so so as a writer director producer actress which part do you spend the most on I uh, acting I love acting but lately in the last especially since the pandemic I started to write a lot more and again the reason I started to write was so I had stuff for myself I'm like I'm at that age where I want to do my own work I want to do my own thing I want to have something to go and um so throughout the pandemic I was really frustrated because I was like "I, I I need to be acting I need to so I did I wrote a lot of stuff and I wrote a lot of poetry but um, but if you were to ask me what I would do first would be to to act. I love acting. I absolutely love it. And do you need to know editing, or do you just have to hire an editor to uh, get yeah. the film? Yeah, again, this it's going back to know your team. Someone I would not be, you know, I would have ideas, but I wouldn't trust myself. I would trust someone else to edit the piece, you know, because that's that's their 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 um, expertise. That would not be mine. So, Jen, um, you're also a, a filmmaker in your own right, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So from one filmmaker to another, what's, what is the one question you want to know more than anything? One question I want to know more than anything. Um, I guess my question is more writing. I actually woke up at three in the morning to six in the morning for the first time ever. I just felt, felt compelled to write a short film script based Good. on uh, crazy events in real life. But um, yeah. I guess this is more writing. So. If you had a bunch of notes, do you have any systems or protocol that you use regularly to shift 
notes and ideas into the script? No, like, yeah, no, I literally old fashioned paper and pen, co oh. a, a copy book by my desk, whatever, by my bed. And same thing, you, you get ideas and it's like, go, but I'm old fashioned with a paper and a pen and then eventually put it on the computer. Um, okay. But again, write it out. I always say that if you have a thought, write it down and it'll develop even more. Um, Mm -hmm. uh it's like I said for my poetry um I would something would hit me a sentence and I'm like okay and I get a pen and paper there and then and I have over I've written over 20 poems through the pandemic in that um I just had to get it out so my thing is just write it out but no the system is pen and paper old-fashioned pen and paper okay yeah. yeah yeah I just had a friend that was doing pen and paper and I'm phobic of losing things because I, I <laughs> I, I'm very yeah. risk averse. I'm like uh, Ben Stiller and Lonky and Polly, no risk. And he's writing one of the characters based on me in it. And I said, you better hire me to play this character. Right. He lost his entire notebook. And I oh, said, no. you see, man, this is why you can't carry your notebook around. You got to have a backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. what if you lose your papers? Do you ever yeah. think about that? Take no. a picture of the page. That's why I told them. Every single page. Yeah. Right I mean, page. eventually I would put it on the computer, but the initial, yeah. the initial plot, the initial beginning, middle, and end is all paper and pen, you know. And Risky. then she's a risk taker, people. You know, but it works. It works. It works. And I, like I'd have a notebook in my bag, a notebook, you know, just jot it, it works down until someone steals your notebook, like Esteban. <laughs> Shout out Esteban. No. Oh, man. <laughs> oh God, what a poor guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we are now at uh, social media time. So where can people find out more about you? Well, I'm on Facebook, Jerry Lennon. Um, I'm on Instagram, uh, Jerry1226. I'm on Twitter, Jerry Lennon. So you'll find me in all of those. Did you find that the explosion of the Internet helps you to create and get your word out there? Or do you yes. find... It definitely because you can promote like you can promote 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 and self-promote as well like I just put it out there put it out there put it out there so yeah of course it helps it's it's a big help to you know promote stuff so one of the things Actually, that we go ahead Jen I'll just okay so you seem like you're fees seasoned and you know I looked you up and you're not <laughs> like a, a green director actor right so you've been in the business no, I've been I've been seven yeah I've been in there a long time <laughs> all right so now you know in the last few years especially with the pandemic everything's going online everyone and their mother is a photographer a model an actor a director is there any pet peeves you have about seeing everyone's a filmmaker everyone's an actor mm -hmm. model photographer any thoughts on yeah. that yeah I I I always yeah I you know and everybody we're in this everybody wants to be on film and go for it good for it but when it comes mm -hmm. to like like um like the TikTok all right a few minutes here a few minutes there go for it but when it comes to film mm -hmm. and and stage you I keep saying that you cannot fake experience you cannot fake you know um lesson like I studied I studied at HB studio with William Hickey and to this day I thank uh Bill for giving me the wings to fly and I have that uh I carry that with me everywhere you know um so if you want to be an actress and uh, study study your craft it's mm -hmm. it's, it's again that but study it like I've seen where a guy can do this maybe you can but people know you, you can't it, it, it right. irks, you know you know what I'm saying it irks yeah, me yeah. when I see you know either someone's overdoing it or, right. or underdoing it or faking it and you can't fake experience so. I love it it's so fun for me to watch it yeah 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 
Because yeah. I like humor. I'm all about comedy. So whatever's yeah. wrong, yeah. it's right to me. It's hilarious. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So it's we're wrong, almost, it's right. almost out of time. We have uh, about three minutes to go. So Dominic, oh. yes, sir. do you have a final thought? <laughs> Would you like to share that final thought with us? <laughs> oh, no, I don't. I don't really have a final thought other than you you were lovely to talk to. Thank you for coming. Uh, thank All you. Right. My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> Jen, you have a final thought? Final thought is just be the best you can be. There Cut you go. All the fat. And there's no such thing as a neutral connection because every connection is either going to drag you higher or lower. So no one's neutral. So don't let anyone just hang around and coast. Wait a minute. What if you're evil? Does that mean be the best evil you can be? You know what? If that's your goal, then I guess in your world, you're going to succeed. Yeah. I just suddenly had like this thought of like <laughs> Skeletor, like, I don't want to be good. I want to be evil. I see so. people. That's what I wrote my script about this morning. And some people are succeeding. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. Yeah. So, Jerry, any other final thought? My final thought is do what you love and love what you do, no matter what it is. And that's that's the key for me. So, so my final thought is this. Um, actually, uh, Jerry, you had an answer to a question that Jen asked that was probably one of the best interviews I've ever done, which was with Robert Culp. And he mm-hmm. also said that there's a huge difference between actors nowadays and actors that you have to go through the craft. You have to yeah. learn. So, you know, you don't just sit there. There are the instant stardoms, but he's like, you have to put in the work to get the results. Yeah. So, uh, so thank you for reminding me of that. Thank um, you. So that about does it. Yes, Jen. Go Alec Baldwin ahead. said something similar too, like about him and his brothers. Like his we brothers, got a like, minute. Well, why are you doing that play? He's like, because you got to learn how to do it. Uh huh. Yeah, Jen. Uh-huh. Minute. Go. Ezra Miller. I can't stand your face, and it, it's no surprise to me that you're a criminal. And you that's what you want to waste like a minute on. <laughs> yeah, I just was up pulling him up, and I got I, his face. He looks so. like a criminal. <laughs> that's about does it we that minute that's about does it for this week on it came from the radio join us right here and every week on this radio station yeah. if you miss any part of the show Ezra Miller's face makes me want a great <laughs> cheese uh, go to our website radio. we have our next live show which will be our 60th live show yo congratulations September the 14th with uh, Long Island Comic Fest event organizer jp make sure you go to www.eastmetal.info and register to be part of our live show so we will see you uh, next time you've been listening to it came from the radio with mark torres the views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management owners or staff of the station we now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast